0: but a little unique. The title of our series for the month of February is Relationships Matter. Relationships Matter. How many of you know that God did not call us to do life by ourselves? Amen? If that's the case, he wouldn't have said in his word that it's not good for man to what? Be alone. So God knew in his infinite wisdom that relationships matter to our lives. So many people are falling into depression, suicide, there's domestic violence, there's things that take place in the home that shouldn't, all because relationships have fallen apart. Amen? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? So the title is Relationships Matter Matter. And this month is unique because this month we're going to team teach, Pastor Derek and I. So I'm up first, and part one is called My First Love. Part one is My First Love. And then next week, Pastor Derek is going to be up. Week after that, I'll be up. And then the final week in this month, we're going to team teach, talking about marriages and spouses and all that other fun stuff, okay? So relationships matter. Now there are all kinds of relationships. There are spousal relationships, husband and wife. For those that are dating, there are dating relationships. You're a spouse to be married or you wanna be a spouse to be married. There are relationships, mother and daughter. There are relationship, mother and child, father and child, siblings. There's relationships with people in the community, your friends, your coworkers. The community around you. Their relationships with people in the body of Christ. Amen? All types of relationships. Anybody ever had a bad relationship with a boss or a co worker? Anybody ever had a bad fight with a sibling or anything like that? Anybody ever felt like, well, maybe it's me, maybe it's just me, but in the middle of the night, if you could just get over your mother or father with a pillow. Just, just, just once, you know, just, just once. Maybe not fully kill them, but, you know, just put them to sleep for a little bit, a little bit longer than necessary. Yeah. That's when you are a kid, you were growing up. But they said, no, you can't go out with your friends. You just want to just choke them out a little bit. Then revive them. Or maybe it's just me. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that to the altar. But <laughs> relationships matter. Anybody ever felt sad? Because of a relationship. Amen. Anybody ever felt like. When you first got into a relationship. That it was the best thing in the world for you. And you were so excited. You were so happy to see the person. You wanted to spend all day with them. Everything was about Susie Q. Or Johnny. Everything was about that new relationship. Relationship. Ever remember when you were a kid and you fell down and you ran to your mom and she kissed it? She kissed the boo boo for you? Well, think for a moment on the topic that says, my first love. My first love. Ever remember when you were 12 years old and you had your first crush? 11 years old for some people, and you got your heart broken? Or when you turn 16 and you just knew you were in love? My first love. Well, think about that for a moment. Who was your first love? Anybody remember the name of their first love? Amen. Anybody still with their first love? <laughs> That's very few people are still floating around with the person that they first, in quotes, fell in love with. Now, my first love, do you remember when you met Jesus for the first time? Do you remember when you asked him to come into your heart and be your personal Lord and Savior for the first time? Do you remember when Jesus was no longer a story that they taught you in Sunday school? I'm going back to people who know about Sunday school. Remember when Jesus was no, was no longer on the same level as Santa Claus, but he became real to you. And you invited him in your heart. What did you do? Well, let's parallel. When you were 12 and you were in love. You always wanted to be around him or her. When you first met Jesus, you always what? Wanted to be in church? Be in the Bible? Listening to gospel music? You were what they taught us when we were growing up in in church. Sold out. They don't use the term sold out anymore. Anybody remember sold out? Being sold out for Jesus? Yeah, we were sold out. See, the mothers in our church used to say, holiness is still right. You remember that? Holiness is still right. See, you had to be sold out. And we didn't get to wear jeans to church. Hallelujah. See, this is the new day. This is the new church day. But we didn't get to wear jeans in church. Not as women, we didn't. We had that that's right. We didn't get to wear pants at all. Amen. We had to have the, the, the skirts all the way down. Because if not, one of those mothers in the church will come up on your baby. You need to pull this skirt down. You, you, you can't come in the sanctuary like that. I remember sitting in church one day. And I had on a, uh, a dress. And it was all the way down. But it had the spaghetti straps. And one of the mothers came up behind me and said, Baby, don't wear that to church no more. And you didn't give them the funny. You didn't give them the look. You didn't give them what's called a unit. You didn't give them a side eye. You said, yes, mother. You said, yes, mother. And you didn't wear that to church no more. Amen? You had to be sold out to Jesus. Because he was what? Your first love. So that's what we're talking about today. Your first love. Your first love. Our focal scripture, our focal scripture, the basis upon which the message is laid, is found in John 3.16. Now, that's a very familiar passage of scripture. Everybody in here, if necessary, could quote John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It says, for God so loved. Now, noticing that God so loved. It did not say the world so loved God. It said, for God so loved the world. Now, my first love. Think back to when you were 12. And you got your heart broken. You walked in school, you're in middle school, and all of a sudden that little boy, that little girl is talking to somebody else, and you were heartbroken. My first love. That same person that was talking to you now, talking to somebody else. Or maybe you were the heartbreaker. <laughs> How many people broke a few hearts? Yeah. Maybe you were the heartbreaker. One minute you like Susie Q. Oh, she looks real nice. Now I like this one. I like JQ day. <laughs> I like Miss Linda tomorrow. <laughs> My first love. So the first thing we need to remember, our first note, is that God loved us first. In this relationship between us and God, he loved us first. See, when you get to a certain age and you swear you're in love, you know, I remember my friends asking me, well, who said I love you first? You or him? Anybody else had that? Maybe it was just me. Who said I love you first? You or him? Oh, he said it first. Oh, yeah, he really loves you. That's a girl thing. That's a woman thing. Men, this is a little clue for you. Your, Your wives, they think if you said I love you first that you really meant it. So they held out. So don't feel bad. I'm telling secrets on women. I'm sorry. So if they held out and they didn't tell you I love you first, they loved you first. They just didn't want to tell you first. (laughs) Because the rule is if you say it first, that means you mean it. Okay? So Pastor Derek had to say I love you first. I held it for a long time. (laughs) I held mine in. But our first note is that God loved us first. Now, how do we know that? John 3.16 tells us. But we've got so many scriptures in the Bible that let us know. Did you know the Bible is basically a love story from God to man? That's what the Bible is. It's a love story. Some people that don't believe in our God see it as a doomsday book, a proclamation of doom because they look at revelation without any understanding and true revelation of Revelation. But God loved us first. Let's turn over in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, what is that saying to us? Not only does God love us and he gave us everything, but guess what? He gave us dominion over everything. He gave us dominion over everything. And God loved us that he created all these things prior to creating Adam and Eve so that all of these things would belong to Adam and Eve. See, what that shows us is that from the beginning of creation, God had already provided for man before he created man. That's love. You know, in marriage counseling, they teach you that if a man loves you, he will do what? Provide for you. He will provide for you. Well, we know that our God loved us first because he did what? He provided for Adam and Eve, before he even created Adam and Eve. So God loved us first. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 through 22, it says that so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. In other words, he performed surgery on Adam. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs And then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. So now look at God. God is showing us from the beginning of creation what relationships should be like. Relationships matter. Our relationship with God matters. It is the focal point of our entire life. Did you know your understanding of who God is, your relationship with God can alter every relationship you have? It alters your relationships with your parents, with your siblings, with your spouse, with your brothers and sisters in Christ your supervisor or boss, even your employees if you're an employer. It alters your relationships. Relationships matter. Relationships matter. The second point for us to understand is that God still loves us. Including after Adam and Eve sinned. Now, we all know the story in Genesis where God told Adam and Eve of this tree, of every tree in the garden you may eat except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of it. This tree do not eat of. And what did Adam and Eve do? They sinned. Now, how do you think God felt about that? He was hurt. Here this is his creation that he made in his image that he has provided for that he is given dominion, and guess what they did? They turned their back on him. They sinned. They disobeyed him. And that sin separated man from God. I believe God was upset with the sin, but not as much as he was upset with the separation between himself and man. Because guess what? God, if you read in the scripture, it tells us that God was walking along in the cool of the day. And when he walked up to Adam, he started talking to him. God has always wanted to commune with man. He's always wanted that fellowship with man. Remember my first love. Remember back when you were 12, when you were 16. You always wanted to be with your first love. You always wanted to fellowship with them, to talk to them on the phone. Anybody remember talking on the phone until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? and your parents get up to use the bathroom and they snatch the phone from you? Okay, that was just me. Maybe that was just me. I used to get in trouble being on the phone 2 o'clock in the morning. What you doing on the phone? It's not chaste. Chaste women don't put, don't have to be on the phone two o'clock in the morning. Okay? You weren't supposed to be on the phone two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But you always wanted to be in fellowship with that person. God loved us first. So it says God still loves us. Turn over in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Romans chapter 10 verse 13, it says, for everyone, everyone, that's all mankind, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, when it says God still loves us, that means in spite of our sins, in spite of our mistakes, in spite of the things that we do that we know we shouldn't be doing, God still loves us. Can you think of a time where you loved somebody even though they didn't treat you right? Even though they did things that they know that they shouldn't have done, but you still love them? You still wanted the best for them? Some people now have people in their lives that they're not doing the right thing. But you still love them. You still pray for them. If they call you and tell you they need something, as much as you know you shouldn't give it to them, guess what? You still give it to them. Some of you have been through situations where somebody said, well, just take me back one more time. And you know you shouldn't do it. But guess what? You still take them back. You still go back. Everything in your mind tells you not to do it, but guess what? You do it anyways. Your family, friends, and loved ones try to tell you differently, but you do it anyways. God still loves us in spite of. So if we start from the creation, we go from Adam and Eve sinning in the garden, disobeying God, and it's separating them from God. Then God's effort to what? To immediately restore And then man does it again. We mess up. We got Cain and Abel, people being murdered. And then we have the situation where God wipes everybody out, so now we got Noah. And then you got more sin after that, and then more sin after that, and more. Guess what? He still loves us. God still loves us. The Bible tells us everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Will be saved. That means, if you committed murder, but you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. See, some people have a a hard, a hard time with that. You know, I have a sibling. I have three siblings, and one of my siblings was murdered. And I remember that experience. It's like an out of body experience when you lose a loved one. You go through a period of time where you're in, what do they call, denial. And it's hard to even put your mind on what just took place. But when you lose a loved one to murder, on top of it, not just a premature death, but murder. Now that gives you a new meaning of life. But I remember praying for the individual I remember saying something along these lines, but if he will just repent, he can still be saved. See, God still loves us. It doesn't matter what the sin is. Let's look at 2 Samuel. In 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 7. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 7. And we're reading verses 7 through 14. When it talks about the prophet Nathan and how he appeared to David. The prophet Nathan, when he appeared to David. And if you know the story of David, David sinned with Bathsheba. And what he did was that he had Uriah killed. And he uh, he took Bathsheba as his own. And together they had a son. Well, God sent the prophet Nathan to him to prophesy to him, and this is what it says. It says, then Nathan said to David, you are the man, because Nathan was giving him a prophetic dream, and David didn't understand it, so the prophet Nathan interpreted, and it says, then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. And I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you. Look at what the Lord did. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Look at the Lord. If this had been too little... I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Now that sounds like God is getting ready to wipe David out, and he was. He was getting ready to punish David for his sin. But watch what happens next. See, our point is God still loves us. Even after sin, even after God blessed David with everything, he sinned. But watch what happens next. See, he deserved everything that God was going to do to him. Watch what happens next. In verse 13, then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. In other words, David repented. God still loves us. David repented. Nathan replied, the Lord had taken has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. So what does that mean? Whereas David was going to die, he was going to be destroyed because of his sin. When he repented, turned away from it, guess what? God forgave him of that sin. Now, he still had consequences to pay, but he didn't lose his life, and he didn't lose his kingdom and everything that God had given him. What does that say to us? God still loves us. He's still forgiving sins, repented sins. He's still restoring Because if you go on and you read further down in that chapter, you will see that the son that uh, David and Bathsheba had together in sin died. But, oh, a little while later, the Lord restored them and allowed them to conceive another son. See, you have to understand that there may be things in your life that you go through as a result of sin, but when you repent, God will what? He will forgive. He will restore and he will deliver you. So there's no sin if it is repented that God won't forgive. God still loves us in spite of. My final point to you is that God longs for us. He longs for us. What does he long for? Fellowship with us relationship with us, commune with us, to talk to us in the cool of the day. Now, what does that mean, the cool of the day? That means every single day of the week, not just on Sunday. That means when you're walking along, walking the dog. That means when you're headed to the grocery store. That means when you're on your way to work. That means when you're at work. When you're living your everyday life, God wants time with us. If we look back in creation, what did he do with Adam and Eve? He walked along in the cool of the day. In the cool of the day. He walked along. If we turn over in Romans 8, 37 through 39, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, I am convinced, Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able, the Bible says, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Meaning that there is nothing And all creation that can separate us from him. Do you realize we are the only ones made in the image and likeness, the Bible says. Image and likeness of God. None of the animals are made in his image and likeness. The earth is not made in his image and likeness. We are the only ones that are made in his image and likeness. So God longs for us. He longs for our fellowship. He longs for time with us. He longs for salvation for those that are in unrepentant sin. It hurts God when we sin against him. Just like it hurt when you walked into the cafeteria and you saw your crush sitting with someone else. Just like, you know, they have a thing now with kids in high school where they break up with each other on text. Yeah, they'll text each other. Oh, it's over. Oh, I'm done. That's how the kids break up. That's how the high school kids break up with each other now. Just like it hurts like that. It hurts God when we sin against Him. Because sin separates us from Him. How many people have children? Would you like to be separated from them for a long period of time? Can you imagine your children just Walking by you, not speaking. Because they're mad they didn't get their way. Can you imagine your, your spouse or your significant other, other going and holding hands with somebody else? And you see them walking down the street. How many people would be upset about that? How do you think God feels when we choose to follow the way of the enemy? Instead of following the plan of God. Did he not wake us up this morning? cold us in our right mind? Did he not bless us to be able to see a brand new day? Did he not give us the grace that some people don't have? There are people that didn't wake up this morning. There are people that woke up, but they're not in their right mind. It could be another way. So what God is saying to us today Not only does he still love us, he still longs for us. And he loved us first. We owe it to God to set aside some time with him in our day. I challenge each and every one of you. You know, we get 24 hours in a day. We get 24 hours in a day. U.S. clock. We get 24 hours in a day. And if we took a tithe of that, that would be two hours and 40 minutes. Most people can't contemplate two hours and 40 minutes of studying God. But I challenge you, 24 minutes, that's less than 30 minutes. That's the less time, less than the amount of time it takes to cook your dinner. If you're like me. <laughs> and you have part stove and part microwave included, Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord, it's 2019. (laughs) I challenge you. Give God 24 minutes for the next seven days. Just give him 24 minutes. You'll be surprised. Not only will you have a greater relationship with the Lord, not only will your foundation in the Lord increase and grow, but you'll find that you'll start receiving things you didn't ask for you start getting things you didn't even know you needed. Because what happens when you fellowship with God and your relationship increases? When you fellowship with God on a daily basis, just 24 minutes, make it 24 minutes of reading the Word on your phone. Everybody's got the Bible app. Make it 24 minutes of reading the Word on your iPad. Everybody's got an iPad. Make it 24 minutes of listening to worship music and just sing it along. You don't even have to play. It doesn't even have to be your music. Just worship music. Make it 24 minutes of praying. Lay prostrate before the Lord. Remember when we used to lay prostrate before God for real? in our homes. See, when you do it in your home, that's when it's for real. It's not when you do it in a church. It's when you do it at home that is for real. Seek him first. Ask God about your everyday life. Small stuff. Go back to when you first fell in love. You would call each other over the smallest thing. The littlest thing. Wasn't even anything big that you wanted to talk about, but you just wanted to talk to them. You wanted to hear their voice. God wants to hear your voice. Go back to your first love. When you first fell in love with Jesus, go back to that. This is not a Sunday religion. It's a 24-7 lifestyle. So I challenge you. Take the challenge. It's 24 minutes with God. 24 minutes of seeking the face of God can prevent you from spending a lifetime doing the wrong thing. I feel in my spirit there's some people out here that you are on the verge of making decisions. You're like, Lord, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Start spending time with him. Make 24 minutes your time with God. Cut out of your day 24 minutes for God. You don't have to tell the world about your problems. You can get on your face before God. You know, when I was a little kid, I learned how to pray in my closet. That's the way I learned how to pray. My big mother was an evangelist and a prophet and all those things you call the mothers in the church at that time. She walked about ministering and praying and preaching and and singing before the Lord. And I learned from her to get in my closet and pray. What do you think would happen if you got in your closet for 24 minutes and just had a talk with Jesus? Your whole life would change. So what I want you to do is just close your eyes and just have a talk with God. Just have a talk with God. Say, Lord God, I know I've got some secret sins. I've got some hidden things. You see them. I'm trying to keep man from seeing them, but you see them. Been trying to cover them up for a while. But God, you see them. Touch those areas. God, forgive me of my David sins. Forgive me of those sins I do in secret. I release them to you, Lord God. Lord God, you've told me to go one place and I've gone another. You've told me to go one place and I didn't go. Lord God, I was stubborn about it. Forgive me for that, Lord. Lord God, I surrender this relationship to you, these decisions to you, Lord God. Guide my footsteps, God. Guide my footsteps. I believe we're in a believer's conference, but if, just in case, if you have not made Jesus Christ as your Lord, would you just slip your hand up? We want to pray a prayer for you. We're not going to ask you to move forward. We're just going to pray for you at your seat. That's good. Or maybe you say, well, Jesus Christ is my Lord. But I recognize that I need to go back to my first love. I need to go back to being sold out. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? Again, we're not going to ask you to come forward. We're going to pray for you at your seat. And then if it's not you, if you say, well, you know, I haven't been water baptized all this time. I've been in church. I've never been water baptized. And I want to be water baptized. If that's you, slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then finally... I want to get involved some way. I recognize this is a new ministry going forth, and I hear the Lord speaking to me, and I want to get involved. If that shoe, slip your hand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we ask you to touch the need of everyone in this place. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for declaring and speaking your word over your people. We ask you, Lord God, to touch them in the areas of their needs, Lord God, where they need an answer from you, Lord God. We thank you for granting wisdom and direction. We thank you for your protection and your peace upon your people, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, To work out those situations, God, that need to be worked out on their behalf, Lord God. For the finances that they need. For the healing, for the deliverance that they need. For the miracles that they need in their life. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing it to pass. In Jesus' name. Amen always. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for your word declared today. We honor you and praise you. I pray that you guys got something out of this today.